Boss Uncaged is a weekly podcast that releases the origin stories of business owners and entrepreneurs as they become uncaged trailblazers. In each episode, our hosts, S.A. Grant and guests construct narrative accounts of their collective business journeys and growth strategies. Learn key success habits and how to stay motivated through failure, all while developing a boss uncaged mindset. Break out of your cage and welcome our host, S.A. Grant. Welcome, welcome back to Boss Uncaged Podcast. Today's show is a special show because not every day I get to share the podcast with someone that I'm going to be sharing on stage, right? So we both have speak engagements at the same time, at the same event, which is coming up in 71 days, and it's going to be in Texas. So to give you a little bit of background, right? This particular group of people that are going to be speaking are all of us are deemed to be badasses. And, and obviously the person that I'm talking to right now is obviously a hell of a badass. So I'm going to deem her the Zen boss for obvious reason. So why don't you go ahead and tell our listeners a little bit more about who you are, Lori? Sure. Well, let's explain the reason for the Zen boss part. My, my company is called Zen Rabbit. And so Zen boss, perfectly fitting. Well, I, what I do is I, and, and I create meditations that put people in a zenful, blissful state. So okay. yeah, okay. Cus- customizing gratitude meditations and helping people just feel, find and feel more gratitude, more joy, more contentment in their life. I don't like to say like find their purpose. That seems so overwhelmingly giant and intimidating. Hmm. Interesting. Definitely interesting. So let's just, just talk about the, the summit a little bit. So I, I guess just back up those who have been listening to this podcast for a period of time, they've obviously heard me interview Donnie and Kevin Snow before. And Donnie is the founder of the success summit or the badass summit that's coming up in Texas. So how did you even get associated with Donnie to begin with? I will answer that question, but first I'm super curious. What's Donnie's nickname? Donnie's nickname. I don't, I don't remember. I think I, it's, it's funny. Cause it's like, I, I give everyone a nickname. So I honestly, while we're talking, I'll try to look it up and okay. I'll, I'll come back to the table with it. All right. Well, Donnie and I were introduced by a mutual connection a year and a half ago, at least when he was uh, doing his first podcast. And so she introduced me and I was a guest on Donnie's first podcast. Mm. He invited me into his Facebook group, success champions, Facebook group. I was in there for a while. And then it wasn't until November of 2020 that I actually ended up joining one of the success champions networking groups, the Bethesda badasses in the Washington DC Metro and working with Donnie to get my podcast up and running. And he's yeah, all that, all that goes, it just flowed from there. Nice. Nice. So to remember the name, I remember interviewing him and Kevin at the same time. So I deemed both of them badass bosses. So it was more of a plural thing, right? Gotcha. Gotcha. So let, let's just talk about let's talk about you a little bit more, right? Obviously, you have your your Zen Rabbit. You have a pretty cool podcast as well. Fine is a four letter word. So let's talk about you as an individual. If you okay. could define yourself in three to five words, what would those words be? Disciplined, creative, inspirational. Nice, nice. So going off of inspirational, like, where did you find the inspiration for, for your podcast and even playing with the wordplay of, of fine being a four-letter word? How did that come to fruition? 
Yeah. Well, you know, I think a, a lot of people when they're creating their businesses, their ideal client is themselves oh. five or 10 years previous. Because that's certainly the case for me in that five years ago, I was my ideal client. I was stuck in this place where everything was fine, oh. but it really wasn't fine. There was this deep undercurrent of suck and I didn't know what to do about it. I actually did know. I say I didn't know what to do about it. I didn't want to know because I didn't want to admit what the answer was. But stuck in this place, and this is a lot of my clients are in their 40s and 50s, primarily women, who are in this place going, all right, everything's fine. Like, I have all of it. Look at all of this I have, like on paper or from the outside, looks like everything's fine. And that's where I was too. And, but everything was not fine. My business was not fine. My marriage was not fine. And what was I going to do about that? Because you can stay there. Stay fine is a perfectly comfortable place to be. It's familiar but it's not, your soul isn't, your soul wants more. You need Mm -hmm. fulfillment and growth. And so that's, that's where I was. What actually happened was that in 2014, my mom passed away kind of suddenly after six weeks, six to eight weeks after a a diagnosis. And at the same time, I was shutting down my first business because I couldn't scale it the way I wanted to. And it was really a time of, of reevaluation. Okay, again, do I want to live the next 20 years the same way I've lived the last 20? And what will I do differently? And so it took me a few years of being stuck, still stuck in that place before I said, all right, yeah, I, I did shut down the business, but now what am I going to do with this marriage? And I didn't want to leave because this is somebody that I had been with. Like I've been with him more years than I hadn't been, you know, spent more of my life with him than without. And, but everything and everything was fine, but it, the relationship wasn't serving either one of us anymore. And I had to have, find the courage to leave for the benefit of both of us. Neither one of us wanted to be the one to make the first move because it's scary and it's hard. I had to do it. So well, that's where well, I, mean, I had I- to jump. <laughs> I think obviously for, for for any anyone whether it's male or female listening, right? I think many people have been down that path that that you're talking about and you're describing. So I mean, just 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 talk about that a little bit more, right? Like you have a brand that's called Zen Rabbit, which is obviously like a, a play on multiple different things, and then you have this podcast. So bringing them together, like how did that help you kind of escape? Like going into like the Boston Cage brand, like how did that help you break out of the, of the cage that you were in and evolve you to the person that you are right now? Well, leaving my marriage gave me the, didn't, it gave me, I don't want to say, like it gave me a freedom, I guess, mm-hmm. to break out of that. I, I, I don't like thinking of that marriage as a cage, but I guess in a way it was. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So becoming, so it allowed me to grow into who I have become today. And I don't want like grow into, yeah, to just grow again, you know, you outgrow a cage. So I'm just, I don't even have dogs. I don't know why this came to mind, but, but when you keep it, you get a puppy and you're cage training, you know, they sleep in the cage and then they get bigger. They might need a bigger cage. (laughs) 
So, (laughs) or they need to not, they need to learn how to sleep without the cage, whatever. You just outgrow it. Um, And I guess that's what happened. And now I have been able to kind of blossom into what I'm doing now. I don't think fine is a four letter word would have come to being if I had stayed. Wow. Wow. So let's just step into the space as a, as an individual that you're helping, right? Cause obviously you walk the walk, you're talking the talk, you yeah. broke out and now you're living by the example that, that you're preaching. So what does your company actually do? How do you actually help someone on that journey? Yeah. So again, the, the women, Gen X women, those who are in their forties and fifties stuck in this place. So the way I help them is a couple of ways. One is accountability, like holding them accountable, but listening to them, first of all, listening because they have a story, they want to tell it somebody, they need somebody to listen to them. And my job is not to tell them what to do. It's to ask them questions to help them reach their own conclusions about what to do. And it's not always just about a marriage. It could be a job. It could be health. It could be any situation where they feel stuck at fine. So helping them find gratitude, one, find gratitude for everything that they do have. So a lot of times it's hard to see what you have. You only see what you don't have or what you want. So let's start at gratitude because you can't have, if you can't be grateful for what you already have, how can you be grateful for more? And then recognizing the connections that people have, that what are the connections you have with your friends, your family, your partner, your community, and then most importantly, yourself. And that's where the meditation part comes in that I talk about. And then the third piece is courage, helping them find the courage, holding their hand as I push them off the cliff. (laughs) And those three pieces are, are what make up the trilogy for success within my find a fantastic program that, and I'll be talking more about that at the badass business summit. Nice. Very interesting. So, you know, obviously I I love branding and and I love the title of your company Zen rabbit. So I'm going to ask you like, like, how did you come up with that name? I mean, obviously you're talking about journeys. You're talking about helping people become more of who they are. You're influencing them. And like you said, you're pushing them off the cliff. Where does the rabbit fit in? Are you running out the hole? You running around the tree? Are you Alice in Wonderland? Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, we can come up with whatever story we want for that. Yeah. So, I, re, actually, Zen Rabbit was the name of my first company, the one that I had to shut down. It was called Zen Rabbit Baking Company. At that point, I was wow. manufacturing and distributing a product called the Gratitude Cookie. So, see, it all ties back to the gratitude thing. But gratitude cookies were marketed as a way for business people to say thank you to their clients and new people who sent them referrals. And so Zen Rabbit was, I did such a great job of branding. Everybody associated the name Zen Rabbit with me. So when I started my next company, I started out with a different name, but I ended up coming back to Zen Rabbit because everyone still associated me with the name Zen Rabbit. So they didn't, maybe didn't remember my name, but they remembered Zen Rabbit. So I had, I, I jokingly called this Zen Rabbit 2.0. Nice. But even so, I'm still helping people find that place of Zen calm. Mm. 
whatever's going on, whatever chaos is going on around you, if you can stand in your own power and find that place of Zen. Wow. So it was a story behind something, right? So understanding like that, that was within this say, I don't know how much time has passed since that company to now. Let's go back even further, right? What were you like as a kid? Were you like that kid that was always giving gratitude or is that something that you grew into over a period of time? Yeah, there's a whole story there too. So as a kid, I was super shy. I was the one who would sit, unless somebody called on me, I wasn't the one jumping out of my chair to give the answer to the teacher. So shy. And all right. So since you asked, I'll tell you that the name Zen rabbit actually goes back to when I was a baby in the crib because I had a stuffed rabbit that my mom had put in the crib when I was three months old and realized that if she took that stuffed animal, that rabbit out of the crib, I wasn't sleeping. So she made sure the rabbit was always in the crib. And as I got older, I would rub her ears for comfort. You know how little kids have their blankets or whatever. I would rub her ears and that would put me in this Zen meditative state. There are pictures. And (laughs) so she was my, my Zen rabbit, even though I didn't call her that at the time, Uh that's, yeah, taking it all the way back to the crib, that's really where the Zen rabbit started. And so as in terms of feeling gratitude, no, I was not. Even when I first started Zen Rabbit Baking Company and was selling gratitude cookies, I wasn't, that's the irony, I wasn't a very grateful person. Oh. And it was a, a mentor who kind of gave me an exercise to do, who saw that I was not grateful and said, you need to work on this. And he gave me a 30-day exercise. And that that helped me see and feel and become more grateful on a regular basis. So I always say, even if you are not naturally born a grateful person, you can become one. Wow. I think that's very interesting because obviously, again, you're walking the walk, you're talking the talk. So now that you're in front of people that you're helping them, mm-hmm. you're probably faced with the mirror from time to time, right? You're probably faced with someone that was you 10 years ago, that was sure. you 15 years ago. So what is the worst scenario you've been in being face-to-face with that mirror of yourself and being in front of you and you're encountering someone that may be a little bit more difficult, a little bit ungrateful? What is the worst example of that have you've been experienced so far? The worst example of somebody who's been ungrateful? And or you're struggling with gratitude. Them. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and you're, you're looking at them feeling like, wow, you remind me of me 20 years ago, 10 years ago. And it kind of hits that switch for you to kind of do a flashback. But yeah. at the same time, they're being difficult. Yeah. Well, and again, I will challenge them the same way I was challenged, mm-hmm. not necessarily giving them the same exercise, but there are other exercises that I've found work and give to them. So this is interesting that you're asking me this question because just this past weekend, Mm -hmm. I was having a conversation with someone who was struggling with this. Mm -hmm. Well, I I do a gratitude meditation every morning and it's still not happening for me. And this is breaking and that's going wrong. And this is, Mm -hmm. okay, step back. Here's what I recommended she do. Find the gratitude, even in the things that don't seem like there's something that you would be grateful for. 
that you're frustrated about. Find the challenge and the game is find the gratitude anyway. Find one shred, one small little piece of gratitude or some small place where you can see gratitude. Interesting. Definitely interesting. So you could mean, e- no, go ahead. I was going to say, you could going. even take it to the, to the crazy extreme of, well, at least this didn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, all of this crazy stuff is, well, at least this didn't happen. Hmm. Very interesting. So, I mean, just listening to you speak, and I mean, obviously stemming from the topic of gratitude and going back in time and, you know, you had gratitude cookies and, and that was a business and you kept the same brand, but you've rebranded the structure of the business, which is now, it's ironic because you were giving gratitude, but you really are giving gratitude now yeah. in a different format, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Like, how was your business structure? Because, I mean, obviously, I, I think before you was talking about solid products, and now you're talking more so about, like, mindset services. So are you an LLC, an S-Corp, C-Corp? Like, what flavor are you? I am an LLC S-Corp. Got it. Got it. Is there a particular reason why you set it up that way? That's how my accountant recommended. So I just said, okay, I trust your expertise. <laughs> nice. Nice. Very nice. So going to like, just talking about just general hurdles. And I think you, you kind of overcame some hurdles, but let's dive into more. So like, how do you deal with hurdles now that you have gratitude in place? So when hurdles are presented to you and for your clients, when hurdles are presented to them, how are you teaching them to overcome these hurdles? Meditation has been such a big key piece for me because that is what keeps me, I think that first of all, meditation rewires your brain. So that is, uh, that's an actual, you know, biological thing that happens. And when you can rewire your brain, you can stay again, stay grounded and calm regardless of what's going on around you. So, and, and it makes it easier then to find the gratitude. The two kind of go hand in hand. If you can become more grateful, you can maybe um, uh, are more likely to meditate. Mm -hmm. And if you meditate, then you're more likely to be able to find gratitude in challenging situations. Mm -hmm. So that meditation piece for me is key in helping me stay uh, you know, overcome, look at challenges as a like, okay, all right, this sucks. And I'm going to figure it out, or I'm going to find people who can help me figure it out. Cause that's another thing is you don't have to know everything yourself. You know, do you know who can help you? Great. That's even better. <laughs> so, nice. so always coming from this place of, okay, all right, this sucks. And that's not having, so I want to make a point that that is not, does not mean that you don't feel emotions, that you're not sad or angry, but you feel the emotions and then you move past it. Wow. I mean, I'm just, I'm just thinking and recapping what you said. And it's, it's, it's like, I love when like these moments happen, but when I'm actually having an interview, it's where I have to pause for a minute, stop, rewind in my head and listen to what you said. So, I mean, that leads me to like another really in-depth question, right? So for an average listener that's listening to this and they're saying, okay, you're telling me that I need to meditate and I I need to get into my Zen state. I need to have 
like powerful state of mind and have mindset, all these different things. And, and they've been doing it for a period of time. And it, for them, you're doing it is kind of like an overnight success to them. But in reality, how long have you been on your journey to get to where you are currently? Yeah. Okay. So I learned how to meditate when I was 10. My mom took my brother and me to a meditation course. And so I had that as a foundational piece of my background, mm -hmm. but I did not use it. Mm. You know, I probably used it from when I was 10 to 11 and then I forgot about it and didn't use it. And I would go back to, I, I know meditation is good for me, but I didn't do it. Mm. And I might come back to it during a particularly challenging period of time or something and do it for a week. And then it, five years would go by and I wouldn't do it again. And then I'd recommend it to other people. Hey, you know, you should try meditation. And I still wouldn't do it myself. So <laughs> I, 30 years, 30, wait, probably from 10, 35 years, maybe 30, wow. 10 to 45. Yeah. Hmm. Something like that until around again, the same, the passing of my mom, I, and I read a couple, I started reading some books and I found a particular meditation that resonated with me that for some reason, it was like the perfect storm, I guess, of finding that meditation and being ready to do, to make this a consistent, regular practice. Wow. And so now it's been, I want to say probably about four years, four and a half years that I meditate every, every day in the morning before I get started in my day. And once you get in now at the point that I am at now where I, and only like 10 minutes, I'm not spending an hour, which is another misconception. People think I got to spend hours now, just 10 minutes. Now, if I don't do it in the morning and as a way to set my, my day, yeah. it almost feels like I didn't brush my teeth, you know, like leaving the house without brushing your teeth. It doesn't feel it's something feels off. <laughs> Solid. I mean, just thinking about that, right? So meditation is, is part of who you are. It's part of your essence, right? It's so, right. so let's say if you can kind of go into it, like a state of meditation and, and, and you get so engulfed in that state of meditation, you can have like an out-of-body experience and you're riding the silver lining and somehow, some way through this metamorphosis, you could time travel back into a younger version of yourself just for a couple minutes what would you say to yourself in that time frame at any given time for a few minutes that would change the outcome of where you are currently? I guess if I had started practicing meditation earlier, mm -hmm. life would have been easier. I am mm -hmm. guessing it would have been easier because again, I would have just been coming from a more grounded place instead mm -hmm. of spending so much time in worry and anxiety mm -hmm. about how life was unfolding. Definitely interesting. I mean, I, I definitely, I can see that, right? I mean, it kind of goes to, you're seeing the benefits of what you're doing now. And then you kind of want to think about what if I had did it just a little bit earlier, if I did it five years before, where would my compounding effect be today? Definitely very interesting. Well, and, um, and I, I seriously wonder where that first business would have been mm. 
if I had been meditating and visualizing, because mm-hmm. to me, it's, those pieces go hand in hand, how much more successful could that business have been? I think this, this brings up a very solid debate, right? I think everything happens for a reason, right? I, I agree. Think you definitely believe with that. So yes. I think what you're, the work that you're probably doing now could easily then recreate those cookies on a whole nother spectrum that you never would have gotten to until you are where you are right now. That is true. So, right. You were, were speculating what would I have done? Yeah. And at the same time, I completely believe that everything happens the way it happens for a reason. Like I would not necessarily be where I am now if things hadn't unrolled the way they did. Mm-hmm. Yep. Probably wouldn't have a podcast as well. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah think about, <laughs> think about that. Right? <laughs> my podcast is the thing I'm most excited about right now. So yes, that would be horrible. So look, this is, I mean, I'm loving this conversation with the whole time traveling thing. So like, let's go back and think about it for a minute. So you were talking about your parents introduce you into meditation, right? But you obviously have entrepreneurial hustle. You have entrepreneurial insight. You understand business. You understand strategy. When did that come into play? Was that like one of your parents, an aunt, an uncle? When was the first time you was introduced into that space? This is interesting because you're giving me a different perspective. So my mom is the one who introduced me to meditation. Mm-hmm. She also encouraged my dad to go to that course, which he did, but mm-hmm. he did not buy into it at all. Like, I think he was just placating her and then they ended up getting divorced a few years later. So anyway, <laughs> not because I'm sure not because of that, but, but my dad is the one who introduced me to entrepreneurship because he always had a side hustle, which wasn't called that back then, but he always had something. And then for several years of my childhood, he ran his own business. He owned an independent hardware store before the days of Home Depot and Lowe's. And even after he sold that business and went back to being an employee for somebody else, he still always had a side hustle. He's 80 years old. He still has, he's retired but he still has this business on the side that makes a couple extra bucks, you know, for vacations or whatever. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So obviously, I mean, like thinking about it in retrospect, you got your hustle from your dad. I, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. So, I mean, you're talking about just general hustle and obviously you kind of had two sides of the coin growing up. How do you currently juggle your work life with your family life? Yeah, I don't have a family life. <laughs> All right. So essay, I don't have any kids. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a lot of, uh, I don't have the necessity, I guess, or mm-hmm. what, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know people who have kids, they have to spend time with them. I don't have that. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's almost all work. Although I, you know, okay. So let's say I'll reframe it. My business and personal. And I don't believe Mm -hmm. in work life balance because I think it's a flow between all of those things. And when you're an entrepreneur, you're always thinking about work and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just, it's always there. Mm -hmm. You're always looking for ideas and open to discussing it just because it's fun. That's just, that's fun. And so for me, it's hanging out with friends And, you know, working in the business during the hours that I'm working Mm -hmm. 
and then hanging out with friends and going to do, you know, hiking or just, I don't even know, like what, what else we do. We sit around, sit around a fire pit and, and chat and laugh. Nice. So, I mean, you definitely have some balances in there, but to your point as entrepreneurs, if we hear about some new software or a new strategy, like that's like drinking a beer and hanging out with our friends for us. So I, I definitely understand that firsthand. So, Going into like, I think earlier on, you were talking a little bit about like, like your routines to a certain extent. And I would think probably one of your routines or your morning habits would be meditation. So let's yeah. talk about like, what is your regimen on, on a daily basis? What are your morning routines? Yeah. So uh, getting up and you know, waking up and doing a meditation straight away mm-hmm. before anything else can get in the way. Like I know plenty of people who check their phone right away. As soon as they open their eyes, no, 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 I don't do that. My, the app, the meditation I app, the meditation app I use is on my phone, but I am, I go straight to that, open it, do a meditation and then get up. And while I'm doing my morning stuff, you know, taking a shower, brushing my teeth, whatever. uh, A lot of times I'll listen to a podcast Mm -hmm. and then some days, not every day, I will also listen to Carrie Underwood's song "Champion" because that gets me charged up. Nice. And then, and then I will get into my work day. And depending what day it is, if I'm writing a meditation, which I do once a week, I don't even open my email before I go to do that. Interesting. So, I mean, again, I think you're walking to walk, you're talking to walk, right? So in that, I, I think just as we've known each other and we've had conversations here and there and, and, and being in the same networking group as well and being able to talk on the same stage, I would definitely say that you're an apt student of whatever principle it is that you're studying and you're diving into, much like how you've picked up podcasting recently. So my next question is a three-part question, right? Okay. On your journey, right, before where you are right now, what books or audio books have you read to kind of help you and inspire you to get you to where you are? Part two of that question is what books are you reading right now or audio books are you listening to right now? And part three is, have you had an opportunity to author or write any books to date? I prefer to read a book than mm-hmm. to listen to a book. Okay. And the books that, have influenced so many. I mean, I'm, I'm always reading. I'm a huge proponent for literacy. I've been a literacy tutor, adult mm-hmm. literacy tutor, because reading is so important. The one couple of them that come to mind right off the top of my head. So infinite possibilities by Mike Dooley. It's not a business book. It's about the infinite possibilities of what you can create manifest. Mm-hmm. However you want to say it. That one's been a big one. I'm sure plenty of people have mentioned on your podcast, the um, Think and Grow Rich. However, Napoleon Hill wrote another book that actually was not published during his lifetime called, uh, uh-oh, now it just skipped out of my mind, um, Outwitting the Devil. Oh, yeah. Storytelling of that one is marvelous. I just read that one mm-hmm. this this year. And it is astounding to me how relevant it is today 
when it was written in 19, what at 40 something, yeah, somewhere around something there, like 38, yeah. 40. Yeah. Like crazy. So a lot to take out of that book about letting fear rule your life or not. Mm-hmm. That one's been tremendous. Um, lots of, it's just so many business, business books. Um, trying to think, uh, it's so funny for our, our listeners that are listening right now. Like every time like, I ask this question and every time someone turns off camera so you can't see them, that's when I always get that smirk on my face because they're looking at some massive library off camera somewhere. That is right. You are so right. <laughs> that's exactly it. Um, yeah. You know, Robert Cialdini's book, Persuasion. Mm-hmm. I'm still, that one's tough for me to get through. It's fascinating to me because it's about marketing and my background professional background is really marketing. Mm-hmm. I love talking about marketing. Um, that one to me is, is fascinating, but I haven't worked my way through the whole thing yet. Mm-hmm. Taken me quite a while. So that one's still on the top of the pile of something I'm, I'm reading to, to the second part of your question. Um, yeah. Uh, Dan Kennedy, sure. I've got like a whole bunch of Dan Kennedy books. Nice. In terms of marketing. Yeah. So let's move into the third question. Have you had opportunity to create any books of your own yet? I keep getting asked that question. So I hear you universe. I hear you. I I had written, I had written an ebook on networking Mm -hmm. because uh, that was in between that Zen rabbit baking company and what I'm doing now. I Mm -hmm. was also, I was teaching networking strategies, how to feel comfortable walking into a room full of people where you don't know anyone, especially when you're uh, what I call the quiet person, somebody who is not super comfortable in, in those kind of situations. So I had written a book, um, an ebook on that topic, but the fine, there is a book coming. It's like percolating in my head that will be called fine is a four letter word. Nice. Nice. So it's definitely interesting that, that, that you brought that up because, I mean, that, that's one of the things that, you know, like I always coach any podcaster that I'm working with. It's kind of like if you have a podcast, you should then think about creating a book that represents that podcast to a certain extent, or at least the principles or at least mimicking some of the interviews. So what is your style of your book that you're going to release parallel to your podcast? What I've been advised as far as the easiest way to write a book is to just take the the presentation, for example, or mm-hmm. that I'm doing at Badass Business Summit, which is also called Fine is a four-letter word. Taking that presentation or taking the fine to fantastic mm-hmm. program that I have and creating a book out of mm-hmm. that 12 weeks, the, nice. the process of that 12 weeks. That's great. That definitely would be an interesting and valuable book. Mm-hmm. Personally, though, I like books that are stories about people's lives. Yes. Richard Branson's books that I've read, oh, uh, what was his book called? Um, I mean, he's got a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Something about uh, losing my virginity, is, it is, it's mm. called. And anybody, any of the, the you know, le- business leaders who write books about their personal story, of, mm-hmm. that to me, I want something like that. That's mm-hmm. interesting. And then interwoven maybe some pieces about, you know, how to, how to. Mm-hmm. The stories. Kind of yeah, yeah. So yes. yeah, to me, that's more challenging though, mm-hmm. to write a book that is really diving into your life. Mm-hmm. 
it's more vulnerable and maybe that's why it's more challenging and, and just coming up with the memories too. It is more challenging. So to to add a little twist to that, right. And this is the reason why I have not released like my boss and cage book because I already had the book written. We were getting ready to release it in January. And I was like, okay, let's go on back to the drawing table and, and make modifications. So what I decided to do was take every single interview that I did in my first season and take those stories optimize those stories and then lead those stories into a self-help moment or uh, Mm -hmm. a definition of a particular word or understanding a particular philosophy and then collaborate all those into one book for season one and then it allows me to then create multiple books for every season using the same exact format love it so i mean with that i mean obviously i think you've been on a hell of a journey right You're, you're talking about meditation you're talking about your marketing background and it's ironic that you brought up um, outwitting the devil because i mean who hasn't read that book yet let me give you a little clue to that book right it's such a phenomenal storytelling book it's imagining you sitting down facing your worst enemy which in this case is the devil but it's really yourself and you're hearing your own overtones and you're arguing with yourself and you're perceiving it as the devil talking back to you but it's really yourself holding you back so my next question to you is like, you've already kind of surpassed that to a certain extent and that devil may come knocking from time to time, but where do you see yourself 20 years from right now? I see myself as somebody who is, I'm not going to say a household name because I don't, that's not where I'm, that's not what I'm looking for. Not, um, you know, LeBron James famous, but, but what my, one of my good friends uh, used to call church famous. Hmm. So he, he worked, his business was in helping pastors build their communities, build their, their church communities. And so there were a lot of people in that world that were famous within that world. And I mentioned Dan Kennedy earlier. So Dan Kennedy, a lot of people who aren't in the marketing world don't know who Dan Kennedy or Frank Kern are. True. So they're church famous because they have, they're famous within their own community, their own world, but they can still walk down the street and nobody knows who they are. It's very true. So that's what I'm looking for. Church famous. <laughs> I can, <laughs> and, see, I can and, see that. Okay. But not just for the fame, it's for the community that I want to build that will uh, support and encourage each other. Nice. I want to be the, the conduit for that. Well, I don't think you sprinkle a little badass on that. You brought up Frank. So people that don't know Frank, I mean, Frank is the type of person that will walk across the stage amongst 5,000 people with, with a glass of whiskey in his hand and just yeah. be like, what am I going to talk about today is probably going to offend some of you but at the end of it, you're going to understand how to monetize and make money. So I, I definitely, you know, I, I could definitely see that, right? I yeah. can definitely see that. Completely. Um, so, I mean, let's talk about like your marketing side for, for, for a bit. I mean, we're talking about the Zen, we're talking about the feng shui, but obviously all the things that you've been working on behind the scenes and, and moving the pieces, you're a marketer at heart. Yes. Most definitely. For sure. Talk about how does that work for you as far as like, you know, even branding with the Zen rabbit, like how did you take these elements behind the scenes and then bring them forward into meditation? I mean, 
I don't know that the two are necessarily related because I'm branding my brand of meditation. The, the podcast is one of the ways that I, you know, I use it as a marketing tool. Mm-hmm. Everything's a marketing tool. I, participating, engaging, posting on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, creating content, creating videos like this, creating uh, written, written things, creating eBooks or video, like everything is content. Everything is marketing. So uh, yeah, I mean, building, building uh, launch teams to help share the word about what I'm doing now or the um, testimonials and asking people to share and refer other people to the podcast. It's all, I don't even know how I do this essay. I just, it's, it's, you know, marketing is, it's not a, uh, like mysterious thing, mm-hmm. but I think some of us are just innately born with this ability. Just like some people are great with numbers. Okay. You do not want me doing your bookkeeping. I'll just, that's not my thing. And, but marketing, that's my thing. Nice. Nice. So this, just talk about like, what applications that you currently use that you would not be able to do what you're doing without, you know, obviously you have marketing tools, you have onboarding tools, you know, CRMs and so forth. So like name a couple that you're using right now that you wouldn't be able to do what you're doing without. Riverside.fm is what I use to record my podcast. That, I love that tool. Camtasia, I use to edit video. Uh, Canva to create graphics. What other good tools do I use? Um, those, are the mo- those are the most hmm. prominent ones. Pretty the, effective the ones tools. that come to mind. Yeah. Pretty effective tools. All right. So I, I keep thinking about like outwitting the devil and the time traveling reference that we made earlier. So let's say I am a 25-year-old, maybe 35-year-old female, right? And I have the devil on this one side and they're telling me to do things and I'm arguing and debating with them, right? Yeah. And then you have the opportunity to be the words of insight, the word of wisdom. You get to be the angel on the other side and you get to whisper in that person's ear. What words of wisdom would you tell that person to not only ignore the devil, but to also progress them to move them forward? One of the things that we didn't cover in our conversation today is the is getting into your subconscious because mm-hmm. all of your behaviors and your actions come from what has been programmed into your subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. 95% of what drives you is in the subconscious. So if you have this devil on the one hand telling you, you know, you can't do it. You suck. You're never going to make it. You're never going to be successful. You can't make money. And you just put an angel on this side to, to fight it out Mm. in the, like in the conscious mind, it's not going to work, which is why I come back to the, uh, there are many different modalities. Meditation is just one of them that you can use to, to rewire your subconscious to, make that devil get smaller. Oh, nice. So that's how I would do it. Nice. Nice. 
So, I mean, just just talk about like your, your target demographic, right? So, I mean, obviously, I think we alluded to it a little bit, but let's really get into like the psyche and, and, and like the actual avatar. Like mm-hmm. if I was a person, who would I be for to be their best client? You would be a 45 to 55 year old woman mm-hmm. who has kids that who are graduating from high school and going away to college or graduating college. Either way, they're moving out of the house. And this is a time of transition where you are wondering, okay, I've raised my children. Now what? My focus, even if they had a professional career outside of the home, it's so much of my time and energy has gone into being a parent. And now they don't need me in the same way anymore. Now what? What is my purpose now? How do I rediscover my purpose or recreate who I am. Very interesting. So I would think like, you know, obviously we're we're both marketers. So just understanding like the six degrees of separation, I would think ideally, if you're not targeting that individual, you're probably talking to a lot of real estate agents that know a lot of those people. I'm actually not talking to any real estate agents. Well, think about it from from that standpoint, right? (laughs) Think about it. I mean, real estate agents are are a golden nugget because you're talking about people that are downsizing. They may be, although I think the downsizing doesn't come until a few years later Hmm. because a lot of people don't necessarily move out the second the child goes to college. I think, yeah, I think it's two sides of that coin. Cause I mean, like in the neighborhood that we live in, the second kids graduate from high school in this neighborhood, these houses go for sale left and right because they're like, okay, kids are gone. They're going to college and now we're going to downsize to something smaller or we're going to go move and live on a boat or whatever it is. So they're willing to to move on the second those kids get that diploma. Yeah. You're giving me something to think about though, because (laughs) even if they're, yeah. I mean, if they're stuck in that place where everything's fine in the marriage and the kids leave and now they're like, they're looking at each other going, I, I don't need to stay with you anymore. Yep. They're going to sell the house. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the real estate agents, they know this. <laughs> they know these people. They do. The challenge is that a lot of times people don't talk about these things mm-hmm. except to their closest friends. And even then, sometimes they don't. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So we're, we're talking to, we're talking to, to, someone that's 45 right now listening to to this podcast, how do they get in contact with you? They can reach me through my website is zenrabbit.com. So pretty simple. Um, We're we're broadcasting live on all the socials. So Instagram, zen underscore rabbit, LinkedIn, Lori Sites, zen rabbit, uh, Facebook, page zen rabbit. Um, Yeah. And then Find again, find is a four letter word is on all the podcast platforms. So wherever you listen to a podcast, go find fine is a four letter word. Nice. So going into bonus round, right? I mean, you're leaving off with, the, with that last statement about your, about your podcast. And so my question is going to be, what is your most significant achievement to date? Hmm. This is where the Jeopardy music comes in. Yes, let's play that. Mm-hmm. Most significant achievement. I, I think it is really, the, as crazy as it's going to sound, is that launching of the podcast because it's something that I have actually wanted to do for years. So I mentioned I have a background in marketing. I also have a background in broadcast. Nice. And 
this is a combination of all the things that light me up, bring me joy. And that, yeah, the, the creation of the podcast and the honor of being able to bring other people's stories out into the world. Nice. Nice. I kind of set you up for that one. I, I knew that was coming, right? You did you? Okay. <laughs> so I mean, like going into the podcast a little bit more, right? So is your ideal customer also your ideal interviewee? My ideal interviewee is maybe a couple of steps ahead of my ideal client. Hmm. Because my, the people I'm talking to on the podcast have stepped off of fine. They may not be all the way to fantastic yet, but they have taken that leap or they've been pushed off of fine. And so the, the conversation is around how, how did you get stuck at fine? And then what did you do to move off of it? What were the tools that you had to find and use to not lose your mind when you did that? (laughs) Yeah. Right about that. And how has that journey gone so far? So you know, not everybody has, even the people I'm talking to on the podcast, they've stepped off of fine. Some of them have gotten to what they would call fantastic. Some of them are still on the journey. Oh, okay. So I have another bonus question for you. And this I love one, I bonuses. Think, yeah. You got to, man. I, As I think a marketer, this- again, right? And this bonus and that bonus. And you also get, but wait, there's more. For 25% off. Yes. <laughs> So if you could spend 24 hours in, in one day, right, with anyone, dead or alive, uninterrupted for those 24 hours, who would it be and why? Katie Couric. I Katie? did not see that shit coming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening. I, I want to hear the why on this one. Everyone who knows me really well knows I have this thing for Katie Couric. So Katie and I share the same birthday, not the same year, but the same day. Mm -hmm. And I have just always been enamored with her because, Mm -hmm. or look to her as a role model because she, I mentioned broadcast, having the broadcast Mm -hmm. background. And she, when she was on the Today Show, was doing the thing that I wanted to be doing. In large part. And then the rest of her career, because she's certainly had a successful career since the Today Show. Yeah. She's taken chances. She's she had to prove herself all the way through her career. And she's done things that probably were, you know, terrified her, and she did them anyway. Right. Stepped through the fear, did it, like hosting CBS News, nightly news or whatever it's called. Um, people said she wasn't going to be successful at that and she did it anyway. And she just continues to reinvent and reinvent. And I just, I just feel like she would be a really cool person to hang out with and get to know because I admire her, her professional accomplishments Mm -hmm. and the fact, and I don't have any children of my own again, but that she, the way she raised her seemingly from what I can see from the outside, you know, and she did it all on her own because she was a single mom. You got to talk it into the ether. I mean, obviously I could totally see her being a guest on your show sooner than later. Could you? Oh, mm. if anybody yeah. is listening or watching this and mm. they have a Katie Kurt connection, mm. I'm open to it. Yeah. Talk it into the ether, people. Speak it up. 
So going into closing, man, I, I love when I get a chance to interview podcasters because this is the part of the, my episodes where I give you the microphone and you become the host and you get to ask me any question that may have come up during this episode. Ask you a question about what came up during this episode. When, oh, tell me question. a time. Okay. So, so the question that I ask my guests, when, tell me about the time when something in your life was fine. It was fine. It was, yeah, it was fine. Oh, that's easy. When I was in college, getting my, my graphic design degree, things were fine. But it really wasn't fine. I, would, I was searching for so much more, and I just didn't know how to get more at the time. Did you not know how to get it because you were listening to outside voices that were telling you this is the path you should be on? Well, no, I mean, coming from high school, because I like literally my senior year in high school, I missed about like 90 days of my senior year in high school. I completely hated school, couldn't stand school. The only reason why I even graduated from high school was because the teachers were trying to get rid of me and they gave me opportunity to pass all my final exams. So my parents was like, I'm like you had a graffiti background, we'll throw you in art school. And that's when I kind of fell in love with, wow, I can actually do this for a living. But then my other side, the brain kicked in and it was like, okay, this, if this is here, then what else is out there besides this? Because to me, it was great, but it was such a small aspect of the world that I knew that it was more, but I didn't really know how to grasp more or reach for more or even what a coach was at that point in time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think a lot of us are like that at that point because we just haven't had enough life experience yet to know yeah. where to go or what to look for. Yeah. And to your point, I think your title of, of your podcast, it, it really defines that. Because I mean, looking back at it, yeah, I was fine, but it wasn't fantastic, right? It was kind of like, what else can I do to make my life greater than what it was at that point in time? And, you know, I think now what I have now is, is hella fantastic in comparison to where I was before and what I'm going to be doing moving forward. So definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Any other questions? That's what I got for you. Cool. Cool. Well, I mean, with that, I mean, I definitely appreciate you taking time out your busy schedule to be on the show. I think we definitely had a roller coaster of, of past and present versions of Lori. So I definitely commend you for everything that you're doing and you're going to continue to do as well. Thanks. Thanks for having me, S.A. Great. S.A. Grant, over and out. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Uncaged. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to becoming an uncaged trailblazer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. If this podcast has helped you or you have any additional questions, reach out and let me know. Email me at ask at sagrant.com or drop me your thoughts via a call or text at 762-233-BOSS. That's 762-233-2677. I would love to hear from you. Remember, to become a boss in cage, you have to release your inner beast. S.A. Grant, signing off. Listeners of Boss on Cage are invited to download a free copy of our host, S.A. Grant's insightful ebook, Become an Uncaged Trailblazer. Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day. Download now at www.bossuncaged.com forward slash free book.